Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. Let's party like it's 2019, two in a row for the first time in three years, Scotty. How good did it feel? Oh, it's outstanding. And you know what probably one of the best things or slash worst things about the weekend was? What's that? Our first half was... Am I getting high standards? Because I thought the first half wasn't that great. wasn't that crash hot. It was a really good second half, even though we're leading 12 points to six at half time. Yeah, I agree. I, I haven't... I watched the uh, mini, but I haven't watched the game since uh, being at the stadium on the day. And yeah, at half time, I think we we're, were sitting there going, this is a real low quality match, isn't it? <laughs> 12 yeah. points to six. It was good that we were on the... Um, on the winning side of it at halftime. So that, that made me feel a little bit happier. But overall, I thought um, all three tries in the first half were soft. Two for the Bulldogs, one for the Tigers. Uh, the Tigers try off the uh, Josh had a car mistake with the ball in the air. Uh, and then uh, Bulldogs scored two tries out of dummy half. And West Tigers just weren't getting their defensive line right. Um, so that was that. <laughs> and it was pretty low quality. And we probably should have. I reckon we should have been up twenty four six, or even almost thirty to six at half time. That much we had that much opportunity. But at least the second half they came out and they, yeah, that's where they come to sign again. And another thirty six point score. Only a few weeks ago we could only dream of scoring almost eighteen in the game. Now we're it's our first getting... thirty six point score. We got thirty four against the Eels. Um, I'm pretty sure oh. off the top of the top of the melon. Oh, yes, a bit but, yeah, version. in the second half, um, yeah, it became a bit of a bit of a party in that midsection, didn't it? Um, coming out, Averillo scored a try early on in the second half, or um, well, nine minutes into the second half. Caraz follows not long after. Moran not far after that, and Chop not far after that. I'll tell you what, uh, to be able to more the positive side, let's, let's focus on the second half. Um, when we came out, I was still nervous after that first half. Only up by six points, and it wasn't great quality. I don't know. I had the feeling that um, it could be one of those 16-14 games or something like that. So they come down to the last five minutes. But the Bulldogs managed to uh, blow it open in the second half. And to the point, Scotty, where I don't know about you, but after the Karaz try and conversion, we were leading 24-6, and I think it was um, 25 minutes to go or something like that. Um, and I didn't say it out loud for about six minutes, but I was thinking to myself, I'm comfortable. We've got this. Tigers don't look, tigers aren't throwing anything at us, uh, in this half. We'll haven't thrown anything at us for the whole 65 minutes. Um, and I, I don't remember the last time I was sitting in a crowd watching a Bulldogs game, sitting there going, Yeah, we've comfortably won this. I will say though, before you respond. Two minutes after I actually voiced it, so this was around the 60th minute mark. Uh, I think we we created uh, we had an error and gave away a penalty <laughs> straight away. I thought, oh no, I shouldn't have said it out loud. <laughs> no, I I agree. I I, I felt comfortable because I thought with Burton kicking the goal, you know, puts it three tries. I thought, yeah, that that's it. I mean, even if he missed that conversion, I. It was more the Tigers. Tigers. Yeah, no, yeah, I didn't see the Tigers doing it, but I said if he gets his conversion, it's, you know, you've got to see the Tigers who have shown nothing all game. Mm-hmm. Had to, it's not like they were unlucky, you know, final ball or, you know, you know, they were getting, making easy yardage, but they just couldn't polish or finish off a, an attacking raid. They just 
did not look good at all. They looked like it almost it, the second half looked like a top four side dismantling a bottom four side, and that's not the reality of it because we're both were bottom four when it happened. Um, when the game was on, but it just looked like aren't we 13th now? 16th, 15th, 14th. Yeah. Oh, damn it, that is just the bottom <laughs> four. Damn it. My poor maths, I've already counted Redcliffe. You had the, uh, you had me questioning my maths then, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, but it just looked like a Top four, even Jake Duke, Fox Sports. As I said, it felt like when he was there, it felt like uh, the Bulldogs were, were a top four side. The way the fans were reacting in the second half, the way the players were playing, he said it just felt like a side that wasn't going to be making finals, just getting rid of some of its weaker opponents. But he goes, in reality, they're probably not going to make mm. finals. But, you know, it just felt, it just had that feeling about it where it was the much more superior team, the much fancier team. And we just, Got rid of them. Absolutely. And Matt and Matt Bernard, I hope he gains confidence out of kicking six from six. I think he needed a, uh, a performance like that with the boot. I don't think any of them were exceptionally or from positions of the field where he struggled with earlier this year. Uh, yeah. But to take that confidence away, six from six. But let's highlight it's it good. now. Um, Morin. Curtis but Morin, trial debut. But not only that, the salute to the kennel. Before putting the ball down, um, how great was that moment? It was awesome. For the moment I saw him hit the ball, like I thought this would be ridiculous if he scores, and he did. And the salute as well. I don't know if I would be that brave if I was in that position. I think how do we get the ball down, get the ball down. But how good. You know, <coughs> the nephew of Canterbury, Brad Moran. I was going to say, I would say he's a great the way how long he was servicing for the club. You know, he's a younger nephew. Uh, local junior. Uh Canterbury, obviously, you know, his uncle played for the Bulldogs. So, you know, tragic. There's photos over social media of him at fan days and stuff wearing his Bulldogs jersey or signed as a young fella, you know. And now he's scoring a debut that dreams made of, especially in the middle third. On a bench, limited game time to get a try. That's, you know, unheard of if you're playing uh, as a forward on the, on the bench, you know. Yeah. But how good. Oh, <laughs> it was a beautiful try. Fantastic moment. Uh, great. Um... I don't know. It's one of those bulldog moments, you know? <laughs> Felt like we'll have a nose again. Uh, unfortunately, just a couple of minutes later, he was part of a tackle um, that ended up with an offload, I think it was, and a secondary tackle that landed on top of the players that were making the first or part of the first tackle and uh, resulting in a shoulder injury to young Curtis Morin. So a little bit bittersweet there. At this stage, I haven't seen any update uh, as far as yep. his diagnosis or injury. Have you? Yes. So Phil Gould updated mm-hmm. it. Let me... I'll pull it up word for word. It's better than what they expected. Sometimes on some time on the sidelines, but it was much better. Let me just run through Phil Gould's. So did you say it was a dislocation or was it an AC joint problem? I think it's a dislocation. However, no surgery required. It's just strengthening. Oh, so, it's, so it's popped out, popped back in. If that is the case, that is uh, fantastic. And while you're searching that up, I'll touch base on the Aaron Shop try. That was another fun moment, uh, leading 30 points to six at the time. Tigers on the attack, they throw a, a wide, loopy pass out to uh, Shop, who picks it off, runs the rest of the field to score a try, and Josh had a car there supporting his uh, centre by very smartly sprinting into a position in a direct line to uh, get in the way of Dale Laurie, um, just to annoy him a little bit there. I don't think he's going to get Shop anyway, but uh, uh, a s- real smart move by Adokar. How quick is Aaron Shop? You'd 
that's a, like one of the. I mean, he did the intercept trial last year, where yeah. he ran sixty meters or fifty half the field, but he just ran ninety. Well, yeah. how quick is Ado Car? Like we all know, you know, real world. We're talking about how quick Ado Car is, but um, you talk about how quick Shop was. If you watch Ado Car in that clip, it makes Shop look slow as comes from nowhere to uh, get in the way of uh, Dale Laura. But I was going to say, I, when I watched it live. Mm. I had to, I had to guess where Shop caught the ball, and how quickly. And I said, "There's no way he ran more than uh, 60 meters for that try." And it turns out he ran 95. It was I felt, try line. I felt the same about Avarillo. Uh, the week before against the Eels, yeah, he's in the same try. I thought it was. Um, I came home. I was speaking to someone, and they said, oh, "I ran the whole field." I said, "Oh, you put a little bit of uh, mayo on that. He ran 60 meters." I went back and watched the KO mini and went, "Whoa! It was uh, 80 to 90 meters." <laughs> yeah. Well, I just thought, yeah, I just thought the way I thought shot was very, very quick. I'm not saying he's at a car speed, but geez, he just ripped through the tigers. And I think you know what it might be is because your eyes are going one direction, and when the intercepts happen, you see the intercept. It takes your eyes a second to readjust to where they are. And I think we, in particular, me and you, may register in our brain somewhere when our eyes sort of catch up, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like he's intercepted it on the, the in between the 10 and the 20. Um, and we've seen the intercept, but our eyes are going from right to left. By the time we get our eyes back over, it might only be a couple of seconds, but he might be on the 40. And we go, yeah. oh, good 60 meter right in, in our head without adding the extra distance, perhaps. Um, there was one big talking point out of the first 90 seconds. Alex Twal left the game, uh, his first run-on game for the year, I believe, uh, to a tackle where he brought down Matt Burton. Um, and Matt Burton, I think, just grabbed onto anything to dear life, kind of, as he was falling down, unfortunately, grabbed him around the collar, and that probably didn't help with the... Uh, head banging into the ground afterwards. Um, some people on social media were calling for Burton to be suspended. I know I'm just bringing it up so we can chat about it on the podcast. Um, how ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. It was actually, I I think it was my Sierra for 16. I'm just trying to think who might have said it. Um, was backing Burton. I think it might have been actually Hooper who oh, no. suggested, I know it's not a <laughs> a good one, but Hooper was saying that it's actually almost it's pretty much Alex Twell's fault because once the kick was done, he said he was pretty late to contact Burton and trying yeah. to slow him down, and Burton just flung off, flung him off to yeah. get back to the thing. So he he pretty much put the blame back on Alex Twell and said that, and I yeah. actually hundred percent agree because I thought not that Alex was completely late and it wasn't there was no real malice from him, but he yeah. was just in his way and Burton's trying to you could see Burton's trying to get in and chase his kick after he's kicked it and he's got Alex trying to push him to the ground and he's just trying to fight him off so I believe it's unfortunate it's an unfortunate That's, incident look they're still going to have uh, it, no matter what how many rules you put in to protect players heads uh, or players from any type of injury for that matter there's still going to be accidents and I think that um Incident proved that more than anything else, right? Matt Burden actually did nothing wrong. Just unfortunate yeah. that when he grabbed Twelve, he grabbed around the collar. It's unfortunate that Twelve's legs went underneath, causing Matt Burden to go up in the air. It's unfortunate that Twelve's head went bang into the ground and the secondary force of 
Burton coming down on top. It's all just um, a series of unfortunate events, if you will. Uh, the real sad news out of it, though, is Twal is out for the season. Uh, he's had yeah. some concussion issues previously. Uh, it's a World Cup year as well. He was looking forward to um, play for Lebanon at the end of the year. So that's that's uh, some sad information there. Why we're on that? We I was just going to say, can we confirm? Of, is that Alex Twal? They five months. They've given him pretty much five months off. Yeah. Can we confirm? Is that a Tigers calling? Because I've heard yeah, some people Tigers. say, "Thing I, I feel sorry for Alex." But I know they're going to take head knocks very, very seriously. Mm. And especially the way he left the field, he was absolutely mm. like lifeless on the on the footy field. Um, yep. And I wish him all the best. But One I, of those situations where the crowd was actually scrubbing for the referee to stop the game before the two yeah. tackles before the ref stopped the game. And half yeah. the Bulldogs players too, as well. Yeah, yeah, that's we'll right. We'll put him back. Um, but I feel sorry for him, but I think it's a massive call for the West Tigers to really after the season. Or well, not just... This, this season, but the World Cup as well. I would yeah. have thought it would have been monitored, like they could have said, you're having the next like, two weeks off and we'll come back in two weeks. Well, it's his fourth or fifth concussion in a short space of time, relatively speaking. Uh, so that decision would have been made by the medical staff with Alex Twal, I'm sure. Would have yeah, been taken just... out of his hands, uh, I don't believe. Uh, it is a, uh, a shot, you know. Uh, a hit for Lebanon now, going going forward to the World Cup. Um, however, Lebanon are playing a game right now, uh, which I'll be watching after we finish here. Uh, <laughs> at Belmore. Hey, at Belmore. Yeah, at Belmore against Malta. Uh, so before we, I'll just take this opportunity now to say good luck to Denny Gantos, who is a Bulldogs hooker coming off the bench. I believe he's wearing jersey seventeen. So if you are listening to this at whatever point. It didn't realise that Lebanon were playing Malta on Wednesday night, as we recorded. Uh, it will be available on KO, and I believe it's actually on KO Freebies. So I don't know if you can watch that on demand or not, uh, but I know you can watch it for free. So if you've missed it, you can actually get it on KO. You might be able to even get it on demand. I'm not 100% sure um, how the freebies work on demand. Um Two other players uh, from the Bulldogs representing this weekend, Scotty, and I thought this would be a really good thing to do, no Bulldogs game this weekend, uh, to go through some of the players playing this weekend. So Lebanon, we just said Denny uh, Glantos. Uh, unfortunately, it's only three. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's got to be a record low for the Bulldogs. Uh, for Fiji, Isaac Lumi Lumi is coming off the bench, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And for New South Wales, uh, playing in centre, not 5'8", is Matt Burden, of course. That was a good video um, after the game where he walks off the field and finds out he's selected. And then from mm. Brad Fittler, then Brad Fittler lets him go. And then uh, Mick Potter announces it to the rest of the team, saying that he's been selected. And then the whole team, and Josh Adekar being the first one to hug Matt Burton. It was a little bit um, subdued, I thought, because... I think Fox mentioned it to him in an interview after the game before he came into the tunnel that uh, it looked like he was going to be picked. So I reckon as soon as Burton saw Fitler standing there, <laughs> he knew. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's why he ended up with that really weird sort of pause and and not much reaction and not much words um, where he's just like, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow. What Should about that? Game one. 
What about Matt Burden playing centre? Because it's a surprising one for me, and I'll tell you why. Um, so there's there's talk of Matt Burden playing like he did last year at Penrith as a yep. centre. Now that can that, that confuses me a little bit as to the fact that he hasn't played centre. I know he's the daily centre of the year, uh, the rated daily centre of the year, but he hasn't played centre. He hasn't trained at centre um, all off season, so he hasn't played centre since what last October. So I, I think that's an odd decision if you go in that way. I've also heard uh, some talk that he might be playing as a second 5'8". Takes the pressure yeah. off the kickers. Now, to me, depending on how they do that, that could mean that we're one short on one side of the field. And uh, while that would be interesting to see how it plays out, I actually have some serious concerns over the success of that. Yeah, I, I'm interested. I actually thought he was going to actually be on the bench. Yeah. If he was going to make it, I thought, you know, cover the halves also could be able to cover out like a bit like Jack Whiten type of thing, mm. you know, standing. But yeah, they're going to use his kicking game. That means does he come off, you know, his edge mm-hmm. and go into the opposite side? And you, if you're going to use his kicking game, that's what you're going to more likely use him if you're pinned in your own half. No yeah. disrespect to Cleary or Luai, uh, Burton's kicks are probably a lot f- further. And he probably could spiral them as well. And then that also opens up another thing, is if they're 40 metres out, you know, you put your bombs up for the outside back. Mm. He's going to have to bomb it to the other side because he can't bomb it for himself. Unless, to... unless they move um, the fullback over there for that play. However, yeah. I don't imagine Tedesco being moved out of fullback. Yeah, even, for, even for one or two players. Like, I don't imagine that being a situation. Tommy Trubojevic might be able to do that better. But then if Trebrovich is playing, you probably don't have Matt Burden playing, <laughs> which yeah. is the, just the other one. Um, and this, this, sorry, what was that? I just, I, I think Nishapaz is a bit of in a panic stage at the moment. I've, oh, I, perhaps. I don't think, I mean, they can deny it all they want, but... We'll, we'll find out I, in the first 20 minutes Yeah, if, if that's the case. It's not a Blues podcast, so we won't stick on it too long. However, I will say, I'd say the player most under pressure for New South Wales is Jerome Luai. I reckon if they lose this game, uh, with the pressure coming from some of the other players that can slot into that 5'8 position, uh, he might be the first one to be tapped on the shoulder. He has been pretty quiet. Uh, he was pretty quiet in game one. Um, and I feel like for Penrith, for most of this year, he's been uh, pretty quiet as well. I'm not saying he's been playing poorly, just compared to last year. So I think he might be the one that gets in a little bit of tap on the shoulder for the halves. Uh, obviously, Damien Cook might be playing his life's origin game too if, if that happens, potentially speaking. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair call. All right, yeah. so we're, we're sort of just in, uh, into... We're going to do this conversation a little bit later in the podcast, but we've started talking about Lebanon, so we've, we've went into the rep round. We need to circle back, Scotty, back to uh, Lark Sunday with the uh, 36-12 to 12 win over the West Tigers and focus on a few player performances. Yeah, so I'll quickly update Curtis Moran, you and Curtis Moran, and then we'll go yep, to the yep. players. Charles, so, yeah. MRI reports say no significant, no significant labral injury, nothing surgery, no no surgery required plan, is just shoulder rehab, re- return to contact, and then games uh, after that. Uh, we'll assess next week. He'll stri- have to strap it on before he does contact. So he should be back in a couple of weeks. Right, okay, so, so it's, if it is a dislocation, it's popped out and popped back in without causing any yeah. other issue. Yeah, 
So it yeah. looks like to me, you know, no, it's not the ideal time, but if you got to do it now, when he had no chance of playing any rep football. Uh, yeah, but disappointing that happened in your debut game. You want to start getting some momentum, being in that team every week. Uh, so of that, course, yeah, of course. That's quite. Um, but also the good news, I suppose, is the Bulldogs uh, next New South Wales Cup game, which I expect with Luke Thompson due to return very, very soon. Uh, next New South Wales Cup game for the Bulldogs is the second of July, which is just before <coughs> the next Bulldogs game. So hopefully. I would say Curtis is probably a week or two after that. Just see how he goes with contact in the next week, I'd say. Well, if that's the case, that is a fantastic result for him. Okay. Player performances. We'll highlight a few players before we go for our three, two, and ones. Uh, four players have featured in our three, two, and ones. We'll get to that a bit later. But players that didn't, that we'd like to highlight uh, or just touch base on. Um, I'll start at Scotty. Uh, you can add it in, whoever you'd like as well. But Jacob Perez, uh, I don't think he played his best game, uh, but he just looks class, doesn't he? Yeah, I I think the best compliment for him now, and he's a very young career, he just is a top grader. Yeah, 100%. I agree with yeah. that. Like, the, the numbers, if you want to go for statistics, is not uh, like exceptionally big or anything like that, but every time he's in and around the ball, he... He just uh, looks like a classy player to me. You're, you, I think you summed it up well. He's a first grader. Um, and, like, he's got some things to improve on, uh, like all players do. But, but yeah, good signs ahead there. Uh, Josh Anokar didn't make our three, two, or ones either, but he had 14 runs for 161 metres, uh, 10 tackle breaks, one line break and one line break assist. Uh, so pretty decent performance by Josh Anakar. The negative uh, we touched on earlier was he got himself in a bit of a mess under the high ball for the Tigers first try. Yes. I want to highlight Corey Allen, the other winger. Uh, I think, you know, he's just... I think for people need to really appreciate Corey Allen has had two long-term hamstring injuries and barely played any football. I think he's only played like three New South Cup games this year or so and hasn't even finished them all. Uh, he played, obviously, the 80 minutes. He has a, uh, had a try assist, 12 runs, 151 metres. You know, he just gave through, the, gave through the work, 47 post-contact metres, a line break assist, seven tackles. Uh He's obviously, it keeps getting named at centre, but he's actually the wing outside yeah. Jacob Perez. Uh, I feel like them two are just going well together. Um, and if you look at Jacob Perez's try again, you look at the, uh, you can look at obviously Kyle Flanagan with the beautiful ball, by the way. That was a, a supreme ball by Kyle Flanagan. But Corey Allen again running outside Jacob Perez, the way he runs and the way he's screaming for the ball gives Jacob Perez the option to go himself. And I know it sounds silly, but. About Corey Allen there, Jacob Kraz doesn't score again. Yeah, when we were talking about class, that was a class moment by Corey Allen. Class, uh, it's hard to define, but showing the composure to take the ball in uh, and draw a pass from the outside inside like that was was a classy play. I think uh, if you watch the replay, Kraz almost goes for the, the ball that Flanagan passed. <laughs> you can almost read his mind God, why the heck is that going over my head but obviously worked out for the best uh, while we're on that Scotty we had um, not to, to highlight players statistically um, but we had a couple of moments of class and composure 
uh, throughout that game. Another one was when, um, excuse me, another one was when Burton was running down the sideline in the first half and was getting closer and closer to the sideline. The composure he had just to um, not panic, retain the ball, and only drop it onto his boot at the last second before going out um, was amazing. And then the fact that it was perfectly weighted and, of course, dropout was cherry on top. But that sort of composure um, is fantastic. And if there's one other time that really stood out to me in that game, I'd have just lost it from my brain. Well, can I highlight another player? I think it might have been uh, Jake Avarillo's try waiting for the correct bounce. In, oh, in, yes, yeah. His patience that was shown. Uh, he never actually got the correct bounce, if you look. He's, but he's sitting there waiting for it. He knew he had time. He was very aware of the situation and um, didn't take a risk of trying to ground the ball on a poor bounce and locking it on until he absolutely had to because it was going over the dead ball line. So uh, I'll highlight that moment there. Yeah. I would like to highlight a player who might not be sometimes not the most popular on social media, but I thought he played a good game. I think Kyle Flanagan played a good game. I think there's a few opportunities. I think there's a few times where he, you know, he took the line on when he probably shouldn't have and he passed and the opposite, but there was times where he forced a few dropouts, just kicking the ball, you know, just nice little touches and kicks that beautiful ball to Karaz for his try, uh, you know, stuff like that. I think, you know, he's getting getting a bit better, but I think he's getting a bit more confident, a bit better. He's smiling after games, which is great. You know, only a year ago, he looked like... He looks, he looks part of the first grade team now. Yeah. And he's you, made you see him out there with the boys and when they're preparing and they're training and after games, he looks part of that squad. So that's uh, probably the best way to put it. That's fantastic. Yeah. So I thought he played really well. Um, I just, yeah. Just like some of his touches, like some of his dropouts, like even his grubber kick to drop out, like there was a bit of a moment where he had a couple of decisions to make and he just put it behind the Tigers, turned him around, chased and was part of the tackle to f- force a reset. You know, calm down the, the first half a little bit. And then yeah. you could see, I could just watching him after the thing, he's starting to shout out and tell everyone to calm down a little bit. We're a little bit frantic, a little bit. Just, you know, he's just starting to get a bit more of a voice to him. So you can see some of that stuff when you're actually at the game. Opposed to sometimes watching on TV, especially on Channel Nine. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, time for three, two, one. Scotty, you kick us off in any direction that you would like. Actually, let's start off with the one and work our way up. Yeah, so I got one point, and this guy absolutely insane. We spoke about him a tad earlier. Uh, Bulldogs fanatic as a kid, by the way. It's Aaron Shop. Uh, you know, two hundred ninety-three meters. I know he intercepted the ball and ran about ninety. That's still 200 metres plus in a game for a centre. He doesn't have kick returns. It's almost 300 metres for a centre. That's it's, uh, crazy. 61 post-contact metres, a tackle break, a line break, two offloads, eight tackles. Like, this guy's a centre. Like, I mean, I'm not trying to diss the wingers or the fullbacks who, you know, sometimes get those 10, 15-minute, 15-metre, yeah. uh, you know, sometimes head starts to the kicks. This guy's running... There's a line most of the time in his head. Like, and, and, the, like, <coughs> and the other thing is his uh, defensive decisions are almost always on point um, oh. as well. So he is becoming the new Josh Morris type player for sure. Yes, uh, that's my one point. You know, so much so, there's actually a few people that didn't make the list who's made your list. 
who deserves I won't say who they are because it's you to well, we'll, we'll get to but that. Deserves three points. Like he we'll deserves get, three points. We'll get to that. And shop also got my one point. So my two points. It went to Maxi King. 63 minutes, uh, 19 runs for uh, 198 minutes, just short of that 200 uh, mark that's that's always seen as a huge um, target for front rowers in the LRL. So that's amazing. Um, sorry, I think my uh, my stats are just mucked up there. They did, it was saying he had 28 line breaks. So I was thinking I might have remembered that. He had 28 tackles. He had uh, two offloads and a line break assist. Um, so, yeah, Maxi King. Uh, I'm pretty sure he got a pretty good reception when he came off the field as well. Oh, um, he's becoming a bit of a bit of a... I don't know, it's hard to say cult because he doesn't really have like a massive distinguishing feature that you normally associate to players with cult followings. <laughs> um, uh, but he's becoming a real um, real staple of the Bulldogs pack and uh, part of the plans going forward long term too. So fantastic effort by uh, Max King. The last few weeks, I'm, I've given the two points to Maxi as well. He's mm. definitely one of my favourites, if not my favourite at the moment. But I'll tell you this about Max King, and this might be a massive core. I'm not going to add anything because you've added everything, all these game stats, but he's a massive one. He would not look out of place in an Origin jersey, I think. And that would be a story and a half if he gets there. If it's That's... this year, next, well, more likely next year. He is killing it up front. He's put some really good uh, forwards you know, he's overstood, you know, the current origin pack, like, you know, Campbell Gillard and Polo, he outshone them, <coughs> sorry, pardon me, a week ago. And now this, I don't think he would look out of place in an origin jersey. And with his, you know, his career-ending injury, the foot was going to, you know, obviously end his career. He's Possible career-ending injury. Yeah. They, well, they told him not to play again. Yeah. Look at him and now. He's a New South Wales player. Fantastic. Yeah. No, but or he would New not. New South Wales eligible. He would not look out of place, and I don't think he would let anyone down if he played for New South Wales. And I think he's at his current form, he's better than some of the players at this current point on form mm. than some of the players who have been selected in Origin. Alrighty, Scotty, let's go with your free pointer. Yeah, so, so we've got a different one, which is odd that I think this might be one of the first times that we didn't have a three pointer on both our lists. Like, usually, if they get three from me, they're on your list somewhere, or vice versa. But, but I'm giving it. But your three pointer is not on my list, and my three pointer is not on your list. Strangely enough, and the thing that makes it even more interesting is we both agreed on which player should get one point and which player should get two points. <laughs> and if, <laughs> if you listening to this podcast maybe for the first time or don't know how we do this, we do it separately. We come to the table before we we turn on the mics with our list of three, two, ones. So for us to to for for me saying that we agreed on one and two, that's not us sitting around a table agreeing. That's us coming to the table with the list already done with the same players in uh, for one point of two points. Yeah, no, that's yeah, 100%. Yeah, but I find it ridiculous that most of the time, if you listen, I, I would have, I'm not 100% sure, but I would have call it if you had a, a player who's hit your man of the match, I've had him yeah. on my list somewhere at least. Yeah, and I think if I've picked the man of the match, you've had it somewhere on your list. If it's not the, the three, they've jagged a point or two elsewhere. Before you announce it, I think it's the other interesting thing as well, and the, the listeners will be in on this very shortly. When you told me your three-pointer, and when I told you my three-pointer, I think we both had a, oh, shit moment yeah. that we didn't 
have that person somewhere on our three, two, one list. Yeah, well, I I think your three pointer deserves it as well, and I just couldn't find a spot for him. <laughs> That's why I'm saying how good the team right. performance is. Without but, further ado. Yeah, uh, my three-pointer, he came off the interchange bench. So that's how impressive he caught my eye. He played 58 minutes. He is the he was wearing the number 12. It's Raymond from Tallinn Mariner. He even took out the mascot on his way to the field in the first half. But look at some of his stats. He had 17 runs, 165 metres, 74 post-contact metres, 18 tackles. It wasn't his stats what screamed out to me. It was, even though they're very, very good stats, he's playing more minutes. He's looking good. He looks dangerous every time he touches the ball. He's even, um, you know, he looks dangerous. He's even a bit of fun. You know, I, when he came on, he came on after the dropout, <coughs> um, as the dropout was happening, sorry. And uh, he ran on and then stood on the, stood there. The Bulldogs were having a bit of a cheer because they got a dropout. He turns around to the crowd, hasn't done anything in the game yet. And just goes, yeah, come on, bring it on. Bring <laughs> the cheer on. Keep it going. Uh, Absolutely. And he's a 58 minutes off the bench. That's a starting player. I know he's off the bench. And uh, only 13 players can start. But I think if you look across the NRL at the moment, you almost have 14 starters. And by that, I mean you have your 13 starters in that first bench spot. If you want to call it the Jersey 14 position, that's your 14th starter. And they play uh, as many minutes as your starting pack uh, players do. So, like, for comparison, Max King played 63 minutes. Paul Vaughan played 43 minutes. Josh Jackson, 65 Pego Jr. 51 and Raymond Fatale and Mariner 58. So being on the bench, it's not the old days anymore, is it? It's not the old days of being benched, which means you're the third best or, or whatever. Uh, the impact that you bring onto the field uh, is just as important as a starter. I will say, Scotty, though, that uh, I don't think you took the mascot out. I believe the mascot has been charged uh, with a tackling off the ball offence. Uh, <laughs> he's looking at uh, possibly a final one week on the sideline. <laughs> That's good. I like it. I like it. Uh, but, yeah, I, w- I would. if I was a mascot, I'd be choosing to run Almost anyone but Raymond. I think, you know, maybe Tavita Pego Jr. <laughs> might be the... Maybe Raymond I don't know. Our pack's this. starting to look quite big. I wouldn't want to go after uh, Paul Vaughan or Max King either, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. stay right away from those boys. Uh, okay. And I'll get straight to mine. My three-pointer went to Jake Avarillo, the fullback. I think he's made a, a, a massive impact um, shifting to that position. Um, he's played there, what, only two weeks now? Uh, what's he got? Four tries or three tries? Yeah, <laughs> that position. It's crazy. Uh, I think he's just, uh, it's not the only change, so don't get me wrong, uh, in the style of play, but I think he's made a massive impact uh, to the ball players as well. Um, still haven't seen him tested under the high ball, so we'll see if Cronulla do that in a week in a bit's time. Um, but yeah, two tries on the weekend, 11 runs, 106 metres. Free tackle breaks, a line break, an offload. Um, he also had free kicks for 60 metres, so helping out in that aspect as well. Um, I think he's found his position. I think I might have said that last week, but he looks like... Um, always said I wanted to see him have a go at fullback, but he hasn't let anybody down, and he definitely looks like a fullback. Yeah, he just... Yeah, he, he's, I think he's found his position. Credit to Mick Potter. Tip my head off, you know. Interim coach, and he's just pulled this decision. It's, it's a hard one, especially you know if you say you're going to change your fullback. You're Corey Allen. I know he's had a bit of injuries, but you know, well, that's what we're all expecting. Yeah, he's he's the full he's a fullback, a Queensland representative of fullback as well, not just an NRL yeah. fullback. And he brings yeah. a little bit of the X factor too. Hey, like I'm not going to say he's 
is Betty Barber, but Betty Barber had that little bit something different. Lavarillo's yeah. got something different in a different way again, but he's bringing that something different. Um, and I think that's going to really work out well for the Bulldogs going forward. Okay, player of the year update, as in overall points. We'll go through the top few, as we always do. In first place, um, first three players on the list didn't get points last week, so there you go. Uh, Matty Burton, first of 29 points. Josh Adekar, second on 19 points. Paul Vaughan in third place with 16 points. Uh, Max King, fourth, 14 points. Jeremy Marshall King, fifth with 11 points there. So, Matt Burton's still got a bit of a lead over everybody else. Well, actually quite a large lead over everybody else. Josh Adekar, three-point gap between him and Paul Vaughan. Two points back to King, three points back to Marshall King, and then uh, two points back to the rest of the pack following up behind. But that can change quickly, especially if we start agreeing on three pointers. Yeah, which, yeah, so Matt Burton's listening and so on. Thank God. I didn't, I might not have polled today, but these two have got two different three pointers, and the other three pointers not even on the one pointer on the other person's <laughs> list. So I do know he listens, and he's a bit, uh, you know. He's a bit competitive about it, and he wants to uh, wants to take over the comp. He could be the first non-Ford to actually win it. Remember, year number one, Adam Tomlin won it. Year number two, Luke Thompson. Well, we've had a couple of rough years, and um, when you have a rough year, and you've got forwards that's still, you know, doing a lot of work in the middle, that's all you can give points to, pretty much, yeah. isn't it? So that was a bit true. more attacking side to us now. That's true. Earlier in the day at Convict mm-hmm. Stadium, it wasn't just a good win for... NRL side, it was not a good day if you're a West supporter, a West Tigers fan, or a Western Suburbs Magpies fan, because Canterbury Banks have 48 to fear the Western Suburbs Magpies 12. I, to, to some of the games to me, it looked like a Bailey beyond the Odo masterclass. It looked like Bailey was in a world of his own out there. Touch of class, elegance, a f- good flick pass for a try. He just looks like he's... He's way too good for that grade. <laughs> yeah. But also, I'd like to highlight another player, Matt Dufty. Yeah, I feel like you know he could you know some people get dropped at Matt Dufty's caliber, you know I didn't think he, you know when he got dropped I don't think he was in the worst possible form and he had a couple of good games with the Bulldogs. Mm. I've seen players who had you know worse form you know still get a chance to stick it out in top grade yeah. and turn it around. Uh, but Dufty, I think it was a barely beyond the but barely beyond the Odo sorry masterclass. You know it looked like he was always playing a video game out there. <laughs> If it just looked like he was just so far, you know, he's ten steps ahead of everyone else on the on the field. But Matt Tufty uh, looks like a touch of class. He he's not kicking stones out there. He's actually having a bit of fun. You know, he's getting those floating boards to Ockenbore, yeah. going quite nicely, and he's running quite well. Matt Tufty. So even Matt Tufty played a good game. So Jack Avrillo, he's got um, Matt Tufty banging on the door, trying to get back in that top grade spot. And uh, don't know if that's yeah. making Avrillo go to the next level. But yeah, it was a good performance. <laughs> But, I'll tell you what, though, Magpies, they've played 14 games, two wins in the draw. They're having a very rough year. Um, so, like, so we should, in that grade, have put the Magpies away, which we did, which was good. But now, the upside to that is we're equal first. Currently second on the points differential in the, the knock-on, New South Wales, or knock-on effect New South Wales Cup. Pillar for first and North Sydney a third, but in a freeway tie for first. So uh, definitely an opportunity to lift some silverware in that competition this year. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You've got people like Matt Dufty, he's only a couple of games away from qualifying for finals. That's the, it. With the team. So, yeah. So, 
But yeah, I'll run. I'll just quickly run through the the trial list. Uh, and this is amazing too. But by the way, people, if you're unaware, Brendan Wakem is currently still suspended for his eye gouge at Belmore. Um, eight tries: Dufty, Dufty, Declan Casey, Joshua Cook, Isaac Lumilu, Bailey Biondiotto, Matt Dufty again, Jane Okamore, Reese Hoffman, Bailey Howard, who's the five eight, you know, five eight, who plays play, playing Jersey flag for majority of the year. Isn't he looking good? He looks quite quite good out there. He kicked eight from eight. You know, what a goal kicker too. Because you know, definitely, uh, barely beyond the is more than capable of kicking a few goals. But you know, coming into that grade and just taking the kicking tee, saying, "No worries, boys, I got this. I'll let you do what you do, Bailey, in the field, and I'll kick the goals for you." Eight from eight. They weren't. There were some really difficult Four, ones too. Fourteen for fourteen from the Bulldogs across the two grades. How good's that? Uh, and both <laughs> number sixes. There you go. Haywood. Uh, he was not playing a majority hand or or overly a dominant hand in the cup, but he is, what he is doing is class. Touch is one to look forward to going forward. With Wakeham, do we know how many weeks he got for that eye catch? I, I can't three. remember. I okay, three, so maybe that's why he's not in the Fiji squad then. Yeah, but as well, how does... he was he's named in the Fiji squad but not named to play. So I'm wondering if um he's still on that suspension. So we just with. Bailey Haywood, uh, mm. how he's playing. He's looking really good. Brenna Wakeham has played some really good games for Cup this year. I mean, his last mm. game wasn't the best when we lost to the Dragons at Belmore, but overall he's been he's had a decent year in Cup. You Could you be crazy to keep Haywood there and maybe make Wakeham play in a different role? I don't know. I'm just... I reckon that you probably um, bring Wakeham back in. And then move um, Haywood back down to Jersey flag, and that sort of impact that he's had playing for the um, New South Wales Cup, you can then bring that back to the Jersey flag team uh, and spread some of that knowledge, some of that experience around uh, and help out the Jersey flag side. Uh, and he's got lots of time on his hands too. So I think it's not a bad thing for his overall development if he was to drop back now for this year and then yeah. step up again in the next year or two uh, to that New South Cup level. And Jersey Flag not going too well uh, this year either. So some uh, some confidence in that grade would have go straight. Yeah, fair. That's, that's cool. Yeah, fair enough. I was just thinking that you wouldn't be too crazy to leave him there after his, his last couple of performances for the Bulldogs. Alrighty, so this week is rep week, if you didn't already know, which unfortunately means that there is no Bulldogs game, but I'm not too upset by that because I love representative football and we could have done a podcast just on that um, if <laughs> if this was that type of podcast. However, uh, the Saturday after that, I believe, yep. yes it is, the Saturday after that at 3 o'clock, um, you need to be there at 12.40 because in the New South Cup, the Bulldogs play the Newtown Jets. Uh, so that will be an interesting game in itself. Yeah, that's going to um, be epic. Desperate to get to that game uh, as well. Uh, it's been really good the last couple of weeks, watching both grades at uh, a core stadium against Para and then uh, at Make- uh, Combank Stadium last week. Not just because we've won all four games, but um, I, I am enjoying uh, them always being... Uh, let's say a game on before first grade of this level because like Jersey flag before the LRL is too big of a gap <laughs> for, for me anyway um, 
Hold on, I went way off track there. Next Saturday, 3 o'clock, Bulldogs versus Sharks, Combank Stadium, we're back at it. Uh, we're up against the top four side. So um, we've had a couple of good wins against Parramatta and the West Tigers, but this is going to be a new test uh, on uh, Saturday week against the top four side. So it'll be interesting to see how we go up against them. Um, Sharks, big favourites, deservedly so. Excuse me. However, one thing I will say about the Sharks is and you might not be 100%, the average fan might not be 100% aware of this, uh, their away record is 50% Okay. this year. They're well, free and free, and they've had a couple of games where they've um, where they've struggled away, where they've won, but they, they haven't looked like their selves. So maybe that could work in our behaviour, in our favour, sorry. Um, and I'm pretty sure the Sharks, one of those away wins was against a out-of-sorts Warriors team, up at Redcliffe as well. So, yes, like, no, yeah. no insults to the Warriors, but obviously they're doing it tough it with the, the uh, time coming to an end of when they can go back to New Zealand to play some games. So, um, I think the last month of football for the Warriors have actually been tougher than maybe the last 18 months because they know they're close to the end, um, just, just from a mental perspective. So, you know, I'm not saying it's out. I'm not saying we've got absolutely no chance, but um, I think for me... And I know this, you should want to win every game you go into. But for me, the bigger picture will be how do we perform? If we lose, how do we lose? Uh, I can see myself, um, maybe not the day after the day of the game, but if we do lose against the Sharks, I can see myself being happy with the result if we give a good account of ourselves um, and take it to them for the whole game. Uh, and, and not get embarrassed. I could see myself a day or two after the completion of the game being pretty happy with that result, um, which is sad because you want to win every game. <laughs> but I think that's I think that's a fair indication of where we're at at the moment. Um, obviously, on the game day itself, I'll be extremely disappointed. <laughs> that's fair. I want to say this. I, I want to say Sharks obviously deserve to be favourites. I think they've had a, a decent year, but I feel like uh, they've been a little bit off of late. Last couple of weeks, they're playing away the games. There's away games, but yeah, I thought the Titans game was a bit ugly uh, just recently. I think they're not as fluent in the attack as they were towards the start of the year. So I want to say they deserve to be favourites, but I'm going to say this is a game. I think the Sharks are putting that like you know a couple of weeks ago. You probably think yeah, this is going to be an easy account. And you know you don't go into game thinking it's going to be it's easy. Coming a danger. Danger yeah. game for the Sharks. Yeah, I think it's a super danger game for them. And I'm going to put this out there at this current. If we continue to play the way we're playing, mm. I can actually see us winning this game and pulling a very big upset against the Sharks. We beat the Eels. Uh, I know the Sharks beat the Eels earlier this year, and I know it's very, very much yeah. earlier this year. Eels are uh, top four. <laughs> yeah, so <clears throat> I actually can see us winning, but I think the most important thing is if we do lose, we lose with you know, pride and, you know, we lose dragging well. the Sharks. Yeah, we drag the Sharks. And just to have the Sharks in the game going, oh, Jesus, like, you know, God, we're lucky to get rid of them. Like, you know. I uh, agree but with I think everything you just said there, but the elephant in the room is that we've just won two games in a row back-to-back -back for the first time since 2019. One of the odds that that's also where we win three in a row. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah I, I get that. The thing I'm concerned about, though, is... I don't know if rep round for us came at a great time because we go into if we win this game we go straight into another, we go into a bye. 
Yeah. You're talking about momentum stopping yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if that's going to, who knows? Matt Burton might go into origin, play a, a house down, come off a good win. Uh, he'll, be, he'll be out of his skin. But uh, I feel like the Sharks are looking at this game going, oh dear. Um, this is not going to script. They were meant to lose against Parramatta, possibly even lose against the Tigers again. And we got a very, you know, not confident Bulldogs side, but the, the Bulldogs are going to come out there. Hopefully, conf- like they should be well, should be confident, but fresh. Yeah. Not many rep players playing for us this week, so they put the week off. So hopefully, it works in our favour. And the Sharks go, oh dear, this is going to be a, a difficult one. And on a slightly depressing note, there's only ten games left of the season. We're heading into round sixteen. Can you believe it? How fast is that going on? But I think for this week, we'll leave it at that, and we'll be back on it next week. Uh, Probably with the team list to talk a bit more about <laughs> what we expect with the Sharks game going forward. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Sure. See you uh, next week.